Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of M365 Voice. I'm Antonio Mayo, and we have Sarah. I'm Sarah Halsey. And I am Mike Great, and welcome back, everyone. We've got another great podcast for you today. Um, we're doing another wine and beer tasting uh, episode today. We're actually going <laughs> to turn this one into a bit of a uh, drinking game. Every time we say 365, we need to take a drink. Oh, boy. Another wine. Or beer. I'm running low, so I've been saying a lot of 365 before we started recording, I guess. Oh, Apparently, my goodness. We'll see where this goes. <laughs> yes, it'll be a lot of fun for sure. All, All right, right. So, so uh, we're going to take another question at large. Maybe we should point out, Antonio, for those of us, those people who are listening to our podcast, that they can go online to m365voice.com and submit a question if you would have a question that you'd like to be included. And you said 365, so we got to take a drink. That'll have a lot of positive returns there, Antonio, for sure. Are we ready? Yes, we're ready. All right, I gotta raise up the cup. All right, here we go. Oh, this is a good one. All right, uh, what to use when? When should you use a Teams private channel versus a Yammer community versus a SharePoint site? Teams oh, wow. private channel versus a Yammer community versus a, what was the last SharePoint one? SharePoint site. A SharePoint site, okay. That is a great question. Mike is thinking you could see his eyes going all the way around the world on that one. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, so private channel, my favorite topic. Why don't we start there, Mike? So from a private channel perspective, there are some conditions or prerequisites before you can create a private channel. Uh, obviously, we're going to assume that private channels are enabled on your tenant and you allow uh, owners and members maybe to create a private channel. Uh, so once those conditions are met, uh, there are more conditions within the actual team that will that you that you can do to allow you to create a private channel. So to create a private channel, you have to add members to that channel and to add members of that channels that have to be made members of the team. So you cannot include other users, um, even guests, if they're not part of the actual team membership. So that is the biggest rule that you cannot have members from outside the team accessing the private channel. So what would be a good use case for why I would want to create a team's private channel? Um, basically, if I have a team and we have a lot of members in there, let's take, a, for example, a project-based team or a business unit-based team, and you need to collaborate or share documents within a specific subset of those membership, but you don't want to step outside of the team, actually. So I have uh, a team with 50 members, and there are five executives as a good example on that team. We don't want to create another team for them. We create a, a private channel and we all add those five executives to that channel because they want to talk about maybe financial things, maybe some decisions. They want to keep it outside of the conversation of the rest of the people. And they want to just collaborate on specific documents that, that are confidential and that should not be shared with the rest of the team. Then you create a private channel like that. And I think that that's really key because we're not talking about just putting files in a separate folder, right? Because this is a secured private channel. Other people can't see it. It's where you would take your confidential documents or your confidential collaboration for just a subset of team members. Yeah. Yes, so it creates a separate site collection. It's a dumbed down version of a team site. 
and it has a different site template code as well. So it is uh, team. I don't have to double, double check that team site or hash. I don't. I don't remember. It has a different different code. Um, but again, it creates a separate site collection, so it secures the actual membership. Okay. So that's what the team's private channel is, and maybe we should step through this. When we talk about what to use when, a team's private channel versus a Yammer community versus a SharePoint site, maybe we should start by covering each of the three individually, and then we can kind of loop back. So a Yammer community, we've talked about Yammer before, so are you okay if I just jump in and talk about yeah. Yammer communities? So in general, when you create a Yammer community, you're either going to create that as a, um, a public or a private community. A public Yammer community would be open to be searchable and anyone in your in your organization or in your tenant could join that Yammer community. So we're going to be open about it. So it could be, for example, a Yammer community for uh, your help desk and anyone can join it. Anyone can read the uh, messages that are posted to that Yammer community. I could create a private Yammer community that's maybe just for my IT department uh, and then people could um, request to join that community. I could search my Yammer communities and I would see it, but I would have to submit a request to join it and that would have to be approved and only then can I see the posts in that Yammer community. You can also create a super private or a secret Yammer community, which is not only private, but it's unlisted, meaning that you can't even find it in search. It really is an invitation only private Yammer community. So those are your three kinds of Yammer communities. Again, completely open to everybody in your organization, that would be a public, then a private, which is you have to join it and be approved to join before you can see the content, and then the super private, which is basically it's unlisted, you have to be invited to join. Right, and I like to, when what you just described with Yammer communities and, and the, the level of public, private, and super private, I like to think about that as them being discoverable versus not. Right. Does that, does that make sense, the kind of thinking of it in those terms? Right. So we've talked about Teams private channels and Yammer communities, SharePoint sites. Could so mean we, anything. Yeah. So we all know SharePoint sites very well. We know how SharePoint permissions are managed. You know, default groups that are there, um, owners, members, visitors. Um, you control who has access, who's a member of those groups, and therefore who has access to the site and the various levels of access. So personally, I find with SharePoint sites, you get more granular access control uh, because I can, you know, I can have a visitors group that only has read only. I can exclude people. I can get very specific with custom permission levels if I wish. Um, so from if we're if we're talking about like, you know, with private teams and private Yammer communities and we're talking kind of a to some degree about access control across those. So when you do have sensitive information or sensitive discussions, sensitive topics, we're talking about who has access to those by, by controlling on the SharePoint side through permissions. Oh, Mike, I think you might be on mute. I was on mute for some reason. How did that? I don't know. It was a deep thought. I'm just gonna I'm keep gonna my hands to share it again. Back, yeah. <laughs> um, what was I saying? So yeah, from that perspective, uh, if, if you go back to the private channel, it is that uh, site collection for you. Um, you can, uh, if, if you want to step outside the box, you can also um, you can also look, add people to that lead uh, visitor group in a, in a, in that private or that site collection. I don't know if there's a use case for that, 
because the reason you create a private channel is just because you want to secure it more. Uh, so this is where you start crossing over between a private channel and a SharePoint site that um, that is this common place where you can extend the access the access to a SharePoint site in, for the private channel to other visitors group if you want to or other other people in the visitors group. So here so, is where it gets mind bending because SharePoint sites are closely tied into Teams. So mm -hmm. clearly when you're creating a private Teams channel, it's already creating a separate SharePoint site collection on the back end. But I think the nature of this question was more a separate SharePoint site for the yeah. need of sharing things versus a Teams private channel versus the Yammer community. And ultimately, how do you decide? So if you're meeting with one of your clients, how do you tell them what to use when? Is it based on the type of content or what's easiest to spin up or maintain or usability? So for me, it would be, I would kind of drive it from the perspective of what's what's the purpose of this private repository, right? Like if I generalize those three and I think of it just as a, a private place or, or workspace to collaborate, what's the real driver or need for it? Because I think about like, if I go the SharePoint site route, um, I have a lot of control over what I want to do, over who has access, over who doesn't have access. Um, I have a lot of control over how I structure it or the services that I can enable within that SharePoint site. If I go the team's private channel route, right, it does create a SharePoint site collection behind the scenes, but it is a special site collection. And there is a background process running that will reset many of the customizations you might go to the SharePoint site and actually do. So, so I have less options for control, I find. Um, so Mike, to your point, like I thought that if you went to the, and this is where I, I could be wrong and don't know enough. Um, if I went to the SharePoint site behind a, team, a team's private channel and I added some people with read-only access, that um, those would be, those. if I had people to the visitors group, that that would be removed, right? I thought that automated process that resets the SharePoint site collection for a private channel would actually remove that. I could be wrong though. Uh, I know for a fact that the membership, like if you are a member or an owner, that the, the membership would definitely get reset after four hours. I'm not too sure about the visitors group. I think the visitors group, the, the actual, from a team side, it does not have this visitors group or this visitors membership that okay. you can manage from teams. Yeah. Uh, so it's either you are a member or an owner. So it does yeah. not get into the visitors group on the SharePoint side. Yeah. So, so, so back to your question, Sarah, um, again, I would drive it for what's the purpose of this private place they're going to collaborate in and how does the company or the organization collaborate on a regular basis? Like if they are full on teams and they use teams for everything and that's the way they work day to day, I would probably recommend the private um, channel within a team because that's what they're used to using and that's what they probably have processes set up again around. You know, if they're not SharePoint people, I probably wouldn't recommend, oh, go do this in a SharePoint site because right. you're already working and being productive in Teams. Um, but if you have some custom need around it that needs some additional configuration, I'd probably go the SharePoint site route. Yeah, and I think if you want to compare, we can more compare the actual Yammer private group and then the private channel because they have a lot of common things such as conversations and chats and collaborating on 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 specific topic where from a team's perspective you can do a lot more co-authoring the file accessibility to the files is a lot easier than going into the yammer side 
even though you can upload shape uh, files in, in Yammer and it goes into SharePoint, but from a from an accessibility or from an ease of use perspective, team is much easier to go and access your files rather than a Yammer community. Yeah. yeah, and I think an easy way to differentiate between a team's private channel and a Yammer community, and let's say even a private Yammer community, is that it wouldn't make sense to create, I don't think, Mike, I want you to check me on this, it wouldn't make sense to create a team in order to create a team's private channel. Meaning <laughs> a team's private channel only makes sense if you have a larger team and then you have a need to have a private channel area within that team. Meaning you have to have a team need first. If what you really want is a place to be able to have conversations and you want them to be restricted to only people that you approve and you don't already have a team of which you want that subset to come from, then maybe Yammer might be a great choice for you if you're using Yammer, because it's quite frankly, less steps to create that Yammer private right. community. And and to that point, it's either, if that is the case, then just create a team or a Yammer community. Don't create a team and then create a private channel underneath it because it makes no sense. Correct. You don't need a private channel if everyone in your team is in fact who you would put in the private channel. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. So we and answered that one pretty quickly. Yeah, I just want to follow up that the actual uh, site collection uh, template for the private channel is team channel hashtag zero. So I had to kind of look it up and remember that was it. Um, yeah, we did answer that quite quickly, actually. That was a good one. Um, any, um, I do want to ask one question, though. Do you see people starting to use private channels? Is that something that's entering the conversation today? Uh, I just did one not, not too long ago. It was an online workshop, actually, okay. uh, for a group of, of, of uh, doctors that they wanted to collaborate online for a workshop. And they wanted to have different breakout rooms. And they did not want everyone to go into all the breakout rooms. So the one of the use case I had is, uh, each breakout room would be a private channel because they wanted to store specific documents that specific people would be able to access them only and collaborate only on those documents. So that was a very good use case for a private channel. Yeah, that's a great example. So Mike, I have a question. At the very beginning of this podcast, you said that um, before you can create Teams private channels, they have to be enabled. Can you talk a little bit about what that looks like? So is that actually a high level setting that is by default turned off in Teams that you would have to enable? They are turned on by default in Teams, and you have the ability to go turn it off. A lot of organizations have turned it off right away just because they wanted to get around how what private channel is and explain the private channels to the uh, to the to the users. Uh, but yes, it is a is a, a global setting. So once you turn it off, no one has access to create private channels. But if it is turned on, and you uh, um, the team owners and members can create a private channel unless the actual team owner go and uncheck the checkbox and say, no, I don't want members to create a private channel. Within that team. So every every team, the owners of that team could say no private channels here for this team. That's correct. Interesting. Okay, and let me follow up that question with one more. Um, do you see, have you seen heavy usage of Yammer private groups or private communities? Because I haven't seen very much. I've seen Yammer used when you really want broad-based communications across most of the organization or large groups of people. Rarely do I actually see it used in private communities. 
Have you guys I seen that? Actually, I have actually seen it, and I've talked to quite a few different people who have Yammer um, enabled at their organizations that use it, and here's a great use case for it. When they have something that is not work-related or that may be a sensitive topic, so a lot of companies have employee resource groups or they have special interest groups, and those special interest groups could be a lot of different groups, right? It could be um, women of IT. Um, but it could also be faith-based groups. And a lot of times your uh, HR or employee relations departments may have decided opinions as to whether or not those groups should be public, um, simply because in Yammer, if those groups are public and you post an announcement in that group, it can actually send out email notifications to people who might follow that group. And sometimes they just want those groups to be marked as private so that people can join them but then the content from those groups is basically staying contained within those groups and that you have don't have any, it's not the right phrase, but spillover or accidental spillover of content. That is one of the most common use cases that I hear that a lot of companies use those private groups for in Yammer. That's a great use case, actually. I hadn't thought of that. I like that. Yeah, thanks, Sarah. Yeah. And our drinking game actually didn't work that well, so I'm gonna say Microsoft 365. Oh, it's a perfect way to end an episode. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. That was a great topic today. Uh, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Sarah. We'll Thank see you. you. Thank you. Have a good one, everybody.